Hello and welcome to another edition of Real Men Feel. I am Andy Grant, lead feeling man of reality. Um, uh, let's see, I've worked for years as an energy coach. I've been teaching and speaking, going to personal growth events, and I kept seeing time after time how few men were at events. And in my work, how few men I had as clients. Um, this year is really called to make a space where men can explore their actual feelings, be have a space to what they're allowed to feel, to share, to express whatever's going on. That's the genesis of this movement, of this program. With me, as always, is my co-host, Apio Hunter. Greetings. Apio, how are you doing today? Fantastic. Awesome. It's awesome. a really awesome day. Good. Well, let's keep it going. Oh, yeah. It's just, right. It just keeps getting better. Cool. And I'm very excited. Uh, this week, we have our, our guest is David Morelli. Um, David is a world-renowned coach. He's host of the audience with a million plus on iTunes of the Awaken radio show. Yeah. And, and special to me is that David is one of my longest running coaches, mentors, and teachers. Um, in fact, it is David who I learned how to read energy from something I know I'll do on a daily basis and use with clients all around the world. So, um, a very warm welcome to you, Mr. Morelli. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, I, I love what you guys are doing here on the show. I think, um, having a, a platform for men to be able to to really explore what it is to be a man while also being uh, sort of attuned to life, their emotions, and you know all the sort of dynamics of living, I think is a, a worthwhile platform. So I'm really happy to to be on here with you and to um, Andy to have known you for a long time and Apio to to have met you just just today. So yeah. it's great to be here with you guys. Yeah. Awesome, awesome, and so. Let's see, David, you really were exclusively working in what I will call the woo-woo field, for lack of a better <laughs> yes. term, and really right. you know, st straight spirit, connection to source, reading energy, teaching those sort of skills to people yep. and having live events. Yep. But, but you've, now you've, you've made a transition kind of more into to business or more official proper business or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I kind of made that, that transition, as you, as you said. Yeah, you know, what I found is... Um, that oftentimes spirituality does have that woo-woo connotation. And um, as long as it stays woo-woo, to me, it's going to have a hard time integrating with people's lives in a way that goes all the way down to their moment-to-moment -moment, you know, sort of awareness and um, capability to actually do something with it. So um, I, you know, as, as you know, I follow my intuition. Um, I think that's probably the, the best thing that you could use as a navigator. And, you know, at one point I saw that, Hey, I should go um, go back to, to school. I should get an executive MBA, um, and I started working for a, a friend who I actually was doing energy coaching with. Um, started working for his company, and uh, they've now grown since I joined them. They've grown from sixty people to a hundred, and I've coached from CEO all the way down to the front lines, and um, sort of helping people work at integrating, um, you might know, say, deep truth with. Um, what to do in their day-to-day -day lives that, that are going to further their you know, careers, their projects, and, and things like that. So really integrating um, spirituality and business makes a lot of sense to me because uh, I feel like you know, you've got to have both worlds working together, not just one of them and sometimes often opposed, or you might be one opposed to the other. So, sure. and, no, That's yeah. really fascinating that you should say that because one of the things that comes up with me frequently in conversations with some of my clients is, is – there is no separation. There's no separation from anything. And it's this human yep. thing that we have that there, you know, that we are separate from our spirituality, that science is separate from, from the woo-woo 
worlds, if you will, and that there it really is no separation. Yep. And it's yep. I find it fascinating, and and I love to see how there is that integration, a slow integration, but now it seems to be an ex- accelerating. How more and more people in business, in the scientific community, yep. everywhere are starting to realize that there is a totality of everything, that there is no yep. exclusivity of one or the other, that by embracing yep. all disciplines, it, you know, there is a greater reward for that. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I'm just listening to, uh, I'm always learning. You know, mm-hmm. I think, I, I hope that people are always learning in their lives yeah. because I find it being, yeah, it's a, it's a great platform for for continuing to grow your awareness, I think, um, as a man, as a woman, as anybody. Uh, but I'm listening to the, the biography of Einstein. And, um, you know, he was talking about classical physics, you know, just like you were saying, science, you know, and they, what they were thinking of classical physics. And then he was really a pioneer of quantum physics and talking about how light behaves and light quanta and things like that. And um, he was talking about how at one point he got really nervous because these two worlds seemed very different. And, but yet they're all sort of integrating together. And, you know, and then he, in his last breaths, was um, trying to still work out the equations to have those two worlds be a, a unified theory. Yeah, the, of the theory of everything. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, what was really funny is, um, you know, I think that's what sitting in the middle of spirituality and business is some of the same thing. Or, you know, everybody's going to have their version of it. But uh, when I first came to, to do coaching in the corporate realm, uh, I started off with actually an, an energy tool Andy and I are, are, are pretty familiar with. Um, uh, so I started doing this energy tool with this person. And at first the, they kind of played along. And then I was like, this person isn't getting it. You know, like they are so in this other world that it's so interesting. They're not getting it. And so what I had to do was start to find where not just one side trying to apply it to the other, but uh, really sort of moving into the in-between. Yes, yeah. That, that, the integration. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and finding that um, people started, when I would go into the practical, they'd start bringing up the energetic. Or when I would bring up the energetic, they would start going into the practical. And at first I thought, oh, I'm doing something wrong. The energetic isn't working, you know, <laughs> for the first two or three sessions, you know, but then I found this middle ground. And, and I, mm-hmm. think, I think that's what life is about, is being able to um, take two oppositional forces in your life or perceptions of two different forces. And yeah. I think there's one person who says to hold two seemingly opposites and not go crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you mentioned, Let's get down to practicality. You know. <laughs> That's the quantum part. Yeah. You, you mentioned intu- intuition, and I think, like, lots of studies and books and biographies I've read, lo- lots of excellent business leaders do rely and recognize their intuition. Yep. But I think if you told them, ah, that's your spirituality, they're like, whoa, they might back off. Like, that's kind yeah. of somehow a line, right? It's not spirituality. That's my gut feeling. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. That's just because I know okay. things. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Terms, semantics, really. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's yeah. how. Yeah. Well, I just saw a quote earlier on today, actually, also from, uh, uh, from Bill Gates um, that said, often you need to rely on your intuition. So people mm-hmm. at the top of, you know, uh, hardcore science, you know, you know, software coding, you know, the zeros and ones, and that's what makes everything work. Realize also that it's intuition. So I think there's a lot of great models out there, but we don't necessarily um, think about them. You know, even Warren Buffett, you guys probably heard of him, the you know, great investor. Um, he talks about, you know, he looks at all of the data based on whether he's going to invest in a company or not. And once he looks at the data, then he asks himself, you know, which is the right choice. And he goes with his gut. He goes with his intuition because he realizes that at the end of the day, he has to look at himself in the mirror and stand behind his own decision. And so his last point of the decision is his gut feel. And, and I think that 
I think there's a great uh, blend for, for people to realize that you can have both and that you need to have both. And, and if you only have one without the other, it's a little bit like having one hand tied behind your back. Yeah. It's a matter of which one do you want to have tied behind your back? Well, right answer probably would be neither. <laughs> you know, you know, I want to have both in my hands. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's really helpful. So. Have your cake and eat it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Why not? I, that's a, that's my favorite question right now. Is why not? Yeah. yeah. I, I love asking that question. I love playing yeah. with it. In fact, one of the things that when I'm when I'm working with folks, I I always ask them, okay, you're presented with these choices. Which one feels better? Which one makes you really mm-hmm. lights you up? Which one is happy? The happiest one. Mm-hmm. Which one do you feel happiest with? That's you listening to your intuition. That's you listening to your gut. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm, again, I'm really glad you guys are doing this because I know you're you're both on the the track of integrating these worlds. And obviously, uh, otherwise you wouldn't be doing this. You'd be, you know, speaking to each other through the ethers and you know, saying like, "What do you think?" I don't know. You know, exactly. You'd be mind melding, and none of us would get to participate. So glad you're both doing this and, and doing work in the world. You know, where you're you're offering coaching and helping people. You know, work through this. So. For sure. Speaking of integration, what, what, what's your goal bringing your energy background, your spirituality, and the MBA? What, what's your integration goal for what you're going to do next? You know, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. I'm not sure. Um, it's funny. It's, you'd think, well, if you know how to use your intuition, then you'd always have the answers. But it kind of doesn't work that way. It's like uh, you have your, your, like, your turn on your intuition so that when the answer is there, you can hear it, you know, more readily than, than not. So um, I'm kind of sitting in the question actually. And, and there's lots of different directions I could go, you know, you know, through, I see that I could, you know, build a company um, that I would start. Uh, I could run a company that somebody else has started um, or, you know, who knows what combination of other things I could, you know, do coaching or help train people in the integration between um, spirituality as well as corporate coaching. Uh, because interestingly enough, once I came into this organization and, and found this integration point, um, the company grew 35% year over year. And they're a fairly substantial company. And so those numbers uh, captured the attention of a lot of people who I was just like, oh, yeah, you know, no big deal. I mean, there's you know, 35% year over year for the last two years. And you're like, no, people don't actually grow that much. Like, that's, that's huge. And, and really, it's about removing the, the obstacles that people are facing in you know, their day-to-day lives, their, how they're thinking about the, whatever they're working on. And if they get stuck internally or in their thinking, then they're going to come out some skewed way. Like, but if you can help them work through their internal blocks or through their clarity blocks, um, people will often do some amazing things. So it's just a matter of like helping, to, helping people get to higher level thinking and or uh, more internal congruence with what they're doing so that they can free themselves up and whether that's, you know, you're helping them with efficiency or time management, which seems very practical, or you're helping them with a communication issue that, you know, they're not feeling heard or valued or something like that. I mean, there's lots of different uh, versions of how to help somebody get unblocked and or what do you want to do with your career? Where do you want to go with your life? And, and helping people get aligned there, which brings new passion and energy, which ends up getting better results. So um, it's kind of fascinating how uh, integrating these things actually does hit, you um, pretty substantial real world results. So. Yeah. And only make, I mean, people can recognize that like sports is the most obvious place where, you know, people have coaches and they want to get in the flow and a natural state and everything goes easy, but that natural state can exist in everything you're doing. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. So your own yeah. your own blocks your own blocks to loving yourself or feeling unworthy or not expressing your emotions. Yep. You, you take all that to work as well. I guess totally. that's why we call it a natural state, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> and you know, here when we're doing coaching, we have a philosophy that you know you can work on stuff that's strictly professional, but you can also work on things that are personal because really you have one brain. You know, like when you show up at work and you have something really intense going on at home, you don't switch it off. It's sitting with you all day or vice versa. And so at least how I think about it is, you know, you want your professional life experience to positively spill over into your professional life. You also want your professional life to positively spill over into your personal life. So like if you can get fulfillment on both ends, you know, and have them sort of be in a virtuous cycle, I think that's what it's about. Um, but I don't think a lot of people live that way. I think they compartmentalize. Um, and then usually they're suffering versions of, uh, some pain or discomfort in each one, and then it's a non-virtuous. Cycle. You know that that's so, fascinating. That you should bring that up because I noticed that is very much a symptom of our cultural conditioning of separation. Everything has to be yeah. separate. Every, you know, we are separate from the divine. We are separate from each other. We are separate from you know. There's this there's this constant drumbeat separation, separation, separation. Same thing in science as well, in the yeah. scientific disciplines. You know, we only have we can only believe what we can validate right. and replicate using our five senses. And yet yeah. in the quantum, especially in the quantum fields, we know that's definitely not the case that, you know, that the results of an experiment can be influenced by the observer, by the observer himself. And so, you know, when we start to break down these barriers and let go, I like to use the term let go or release this idea mm-hmm. of separation and, mm-hmm. and, and more embrace and step into, even if it's baby steps, or you know, just ease into this idea of totality instead. That's when yeah. everything balances out. That's when everything lines up. Yeah. It's really interesting. You know, with something that you said just had a little thought pop in, which is um, Einstein was talking about um, there is no absolute. <laughs> like, there's no, there's no absolute time. You know, there's no absolute space, you know, that actually when you get traveling at various speeds, like the speed Mm -hmm. of light, uh, everything compresses and or, you know, time warps. So, and, and it can be, you know, various versions of that. So a slower time period. And and he actually said, well, if somebody spent their whole lives on a airplane, you know, it's only going 500 miles an hour, but they would be, uh, I think five micros, five, 50 microseconds off. You know, as a result, because they're going at speed, they're they're aging differently. Yeah. You know, and um, so what's interesting though is when we do energy work. I don't know if you guys have experienced this. Um, I'm sure you guys have on some level. Is um, when you do energy work, it's almost like time shifts, right? Like you could spend a really good, let's say, 10 minute meditation, and it feels like yeah. you were there for an hour. Well, why is that? Well, because time, your perception of time is bending, and so whatever ends up being clock time is different than your internal experience time, and and I think a lot of people, you know, one thing that if I was to recommend anything, it's to have a practice where you can slow time down, where, whether it's meditation, whether it's energy work, whether it's, you know, deep conversations with a coach like you guys or, um, you know, those types of things where time starts to shift. The more that you can do that, I think the more that you're tapping into uh, the non-relative, mm-hmm. you know, sort of nature of life where where you can have things expand. So. And, and- that's very contrary to what society tells us, especially in business. <laughs> I need to get all this right. stuff done. Well, then I'd better get going right. faster and be doing more. But yeah, right. Just, oh, but yeah. to, to relax, if can I t- really take five minutes and slow down 
And right. but it but it proved you know vacations, um, even corporate retreats. Yep. When people get recharged, when they allow to relax, they perform better after that. And even yep. just a, a power nap. Like if, if you don't believe in meditation yep. or energy work, like to go take a twenty minute yeah. nap and see how different <laughs> totally. you are. You know? I'm totally. up for a nap. Yeah, I'm, I'm a napper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You know, it's funny. Um, I there was a quote from Mother Teresa as well as the Dalai Lama. They each said this in their different way, uh, but they basically said. Um, when they, every day, if it's a busy day, um, they meditate two hours in the morning. Um, if it's a really busy day, they meditate three, you know, because they can't actually get everything done in a day unless they really are centered and have that space where they can sort of bend time. Um, so to some degree, you know, how much of the time do we say like, oh, I've got to get a lot done, just like you said. And to some degree, you're compressing time right? Because your fear basically compresses time. Relaxation opens time, re- yeah. opens your ability to think. It's like when time slows down, right? And, I love yeah, that. So, in fact, I, yeah. I have played with that a lot very recently, in fact, where it's like I look at you know, this big long list of all of these things I want to get done during the day. And what I do is instead I play with the just being now, being in the moment, playing with the now, this idea that the only time that truly exists is now. And I, you know, how the practice of consciousness is getting to be all the rage, especially in the corporate world. And more and more entrepreneurs and, and, and CEOs and many people are, you know, talking about yeah. uh, about mindfulness and being conscious and present and everything. And, and you know, for me, that, that practicing basically means yeah. having fun right now, doing what I'm doing, forgetting everything else, not looking at the elephant, but just right here, right now. Because otherwise, an elephant will either you know, choke on it, it will sit on me. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, it's not going to be fun. I just am doing whatever it is that I'm doing right now. I don't right. look at the clock. Right, I don't right, pay right. attention right. to the time. Somehow, funny enough, time warps. And yep. as, long, as long as I'm conscious and worried about the time, I mm-hmm. stress myself out. If I don't even, if I ignore it, I just get into it, just have fun with it. Somehow everything gets taken care of. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's, that's Mm -hmm. really powerful. I I usually set my phone for a certain amount of time. Usually I'll say 90 minutes. Um, Mm -hmm. There's some scientific research that talks about your brain being able to really deeply focus for 90 minutes. So I set it for 90 minutes. I turn it upside down and by minute. Oh, like 20 I swear possible I have the discipline to you know to not you know and then I end up going wow I got a whole day's worth work worth of work done and but I wait I almost like let I take it out of my mind and I put it onto my phone the responsibility to keep time and I think that's really um like you said you you play with it you have fun you just get into it you don't think about time and then you end up expanding it and I think that's really a powerful way um to work and it's fascinating that you should mention that 90-minute increment because that's exactly what I've noticed mm-hmm. is in, with the 90 minutes, boom, it's done. It's, yep. it, 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 again, that natural state. Yep. Yep. You know, when, you're, when, when you're talking about playing with the now and playing with time, Andy and I have had this conversation before when we're conversing with colleagues in other parts of the world. I love to use Australia as an example, how we are talking to them in our future. They are talking to us in their past. Yep. But really, we're just talking to each other now. Right. I mean, what what better real world example do right. we have than that time is an illusion? That time is relative. Yep. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. When, yeah. When, 
when I was first um, in the Awaken program with, with David, learning how to read energy, I would I would bring it into work, and I, I worked at a high tech company at that point, and I was you know sixty hour work week would be a light week. Um, <laughs> Sorry, to hear I would, that. like projects would come my way, <laughs> yeah. and I would I would look at the energy of a project, yep. and if it just in my mind, if it it, would, it just there was nothing there, I'm like well that's interesting, and I look at another project, and there'd be a lot of light, there'd be a lot of energy there. I'm like well, I'm just gonna work on this thing that has the energy there, it would go easy. I'd ignore the projects that had nothing. And every single time I did that, I'd get an email. Oh, sorry, I wasted your time. I hope you didn't work on that other project. It got canceled. I'm like, no, no problem. Right. Yeah, totally. so I was, I was more productive and working less, getting, getting noticed. And it, because I was willing to bring energy, bring spirituality into my, my business setting. It wasn't just for Sunday or for asking for yeah. things or you trying to use a lot of attraction to make magic yeah. happen, you know, but, but really using it as, as a, as a tool as good as email, but just like, Oh, let's look at this project. Let's yeah. look at that one. Which one has more energy to it. And it never steered yeah. me wrong. It's amazing. I, I think it's the great untapped resource that each of us has, you know, at our, at our disposal, but yet we sort of, how do I say it? Like we doubt it to the point where we can't get a clear answer because we're doubting it. Just like you, know, you can't really focus on a project if you're always thinking about what time it is or how much pressure you're under or, or whatever. It's like it, it does something sort of negative to the, the clarity. So it's, it's, I was actually just teaching uh, a class earlier today talking about intuition. And you have to really open yourself up to allowing intuition to sort of bubble up or to emerge. And, and there's various styles of intuition. I'm sure you guys have in some way, shape or form gone over these, but you know, the knowingness off the top of your head, so that you don't know why you know, but you just know, you just uh, know right. there's the sort of flash of an intuition, like uh, the spark of an idea, like, you know, seeing a friend's like almost their, their image out in front of you and saying like, Oh, I should call that person, you know? And that's mm -hmm. like, that's also how innovation works or creativity works. Um, there's that still small voice within and, there's whether you're drawn to somebody or not, which is sort of more of a heart level. Uh, there's the gut feel and various, you know, feeling senses like, Oh, I get a bad feeling when I think about that person and, you know, using that as intuition. So I think there's so much information that if we don't tap into it, it's, it, I mean, it's sort of ridiculous not to, but what I always say is people are learning it is um, to, to try the small things, you know, like when you start with a menu, when you go to the restaurant, you know, what do I want to eat? You know, and, and just looking and maybe it's, you come across one and you're like, yeah, that, well, what is that? Is that your, you know, digestive system, you know, like your gallbladder say releasing a little chemical and hormone saying, yes, I crave whatever it is. Well, maybe, but to some degree you might just sense like, where does that yes come from? And the more that you can then use that with, uh, from the small consequence things like the, what you're going to eat for that day to, well, you know, should, which way should I go home today? you know, and then sort of letting an idea come to you and then, you know, building up progressively to then saying, what do I do with my career? Like don't jump to career first because there's too much fear and noise in that space and shoulds and, you know, social, you know, things that go along with that. Mm -hmm. um, but ultimately, you know, again, like I said, that's how I chose to take the MBA program. I ended up with the CEO here. He, he and I have been, you know, working together for six or seven years and, um, I said to him one day, I was like, Hey, what would happen if I came in and, you know, coached the, the company? He's like, that sounds like a great idea. Let's try it for 90 days. And that was, you know, a little over two years ago. So intuition is really the thing I think that, um, helps you make big leaps, but you have to be willing to listen to it in small moments. 
you know, so mm-hmm. big mm-hmm. leaps and small moments is kind of how I think about intuition. Yeah. I love that. So, yeah. so in, in the business world, maybe it's like little things like, like what, what's the best time for this meeting? Yeah. Like, like inconsequential things, right. Yeah. Or, you know, who's the best person to involve on this team I'm putting yep. together. Yep. Right? And that those ones can sometimes get tricky because your mind, like, well, is it my mind or is that my intuition? That that's a debate that people get into a lot of times. So, um, you, yes, you can absolutely do it with those. You can do it with which uh, next item should I do on my to-do list? You know, that's another good one that I think all of them are going to get done, but which one are you going to do now? Like, that's another good one to practice yeah. with. Um, and then, it, like you said, eventually you'll, you know, which of these three ideas that we could do as a department or, you know, which of these should we go after? Like, that's the, the next level. And then, you know, it might be like, larger and larger questions that you would ask, but you want to really gain mastery at the lower levels sort of before going all in on the bigger ones. If that makes yeah, sense. It's kind of like building that pyramid. You want to, lay, yeah. you want to lay the very solid foundation before going up. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. 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 It won't be pretty. Yep. Yep. Right. Cause you, you could be getting the million dollar ideas and answers, but if you don't trust it, yeah. it's worthless. Yeah. And there's also a level, you know, as you guys have probably explored the fear, you know, so, mm-hmm. and real men feel, right? So to some degree, if you're not willing to feel, you might get uh, sort of something pop up and it might be actually a fear-driven thing. How I usually tell if it's fear-driven is that there's usually less space. It feels compressed or tight or you sort of get anxious and usually that it's going to be the silver bullet. Like, oh, that's going to be the thing that saves me, right? If, if you go from that, it's usually fear-driven, Versus like intuition tends to come as like, Ooh, like that could work. You know, let's try this. Why not? Yeah. Like you said, there's a a level of play, play to it. And so if it's fear driven, sometimes it's sabotage driven, which is why you want to master the lower level stuff first. Um, Because if you're in fear or basically you haven't felt it, you haven't felt, you know, let's say you're really panicked about your job and you're like, what should I do? You know, I'm like, Oh, I know I could, you know, go and, you know, go oil drilling with my brother and, you know, we're going to find the next biggest thing. Like, all right. Like maybe, but that might be you trying to get out of something. And if you're not willing to feel the fear of I might be homeless or, you know, I, I might go broke or people might repossess my house or my car or, or, you know, a lot of that stuff. If you're not willing to feel that stuff, be willing to face that those might be real possibilities and sort of own them and also own your vision and your dream, then your intuition is going to be skewed by what you're not willing to feel. Um, sure. Sort of going back to, to what you guys created the show for. I think um, if there's anything that, if it's shame or if it's anger or resentment or things like that, those are all noise and will give you false positives, if you will, for, um, for your intuition. But, but I also think they'll, you know, you'll create out of those things consciously, subconsciously or whatever. But um, those are usually the things that end up driving people into the guardrails of life. (laughs) As much of the places that tell men feeling is bad and not welcome, uh, there may be no stronger place of that sense than, than corporate Mm. America. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's not a place that says, yeah, come on into the boardroom and share your feelings. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's really interesting. You know, but there are certain emotions that are accepted, you know, anger, resentment, revenge, you know, those types of things that are a little more sort of uh, mutated young 
You know, yes. it's like the, the sort of male aggressive energy. And, and I think if you're not willing to feel the fear that's underneath those, then you're really doing yourself a disservice as well as probably your company and, and things like that. But, and so much but, of that is you're, driven you're by right. culture. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But, you know, that's, that, I, I believe that energy, you know, that that level of consciousness and awareness is why so many companies have, have a quick ascent and decline quickly or so many businesses launch and fail quickly. Yeah. You know, it, you, if but I, I boy, I would love to find a study of if you could study the emotional intelligence of yeah. business leaders and how well they perform. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, funny, there is a surge within um, call it corporate America or, you know, some version of that, you know, within corporations about emotional intelligence. Um, and I've actually found that your ability as a leader to be in, uh, attuned emotionally to those around you, attuned to yourself, um, self-awareness, and a sort of attuned to your customers is actually a main driver of success. So I think, I think that's changing subtly. Um, but I think a lot of people still have the sort of energetic hangover um, from a lot of bad training you know, a lot of bad programming within their systems. So, And um, how much of that is also driven, not just by the training and what we see around us in the corporate world, but also just media and, and the popular yeah. portrayals that we see either in movies or on TV or anything else. We always see the portrayals of all of the bad bosses, the bad salesmen, the, all the dysfunctional right. stuff. Right. And the way I see it is that, you know, so much of that is representative of the dysfunction and it's changing. So therefore, again, we pay attention to it because it's not the norm, the boring yeah. stuff, the, the, the gradual recognition of emotional intelligence and integrating yeah. these disciplines into, into our companies and into corporate life or, or entrepreneurial life for that matter. Yep. It's boring. It's, it's not exciting. <laughs> so, you know, right. Right. It doesn't sell ad space. Yeah. There is a sort of seeking of drama. You know, recently I was um, over in Hong Kong and Myanmar, which is pre- formerly Burma. Um, so I was in those two countries and what's interesting is those are very, um, relationship oriented cultures where in the United States, it's very individualistic and, um, uh, it has healthy parts and unhealthy parts, right? Cause if you can think for yourself, like in the United States, and you, some might say it's arguable that people think for themselves in the United States, but, uh, regardless of, <laughs> regardless of that, um, there, there's an individualistic, like I'm going to follow my dreams, you know? But over there, it's very collectivist, meaning like, what am I able to do based on who's around me? And, you know, people don't want to stick out. They don't want to shine. But in the United States and in Western cultures, it's very shine reward centric. And so, you know, I think there, you know, sort of the yin and the yang of the world, I think there's health and imbalance in both sides. You know, to some degree um, in the West, we need to become more conscious of who's around us and the culture and the impact that we're having, including on the earth and um, on one another uh, and those who are less advantaged than we are. Um, You know, I was hanging out with orphans and, you know, and people who make less than $2 a day, you know, so how different is that than in the West? And, you know, whoever's watching this at least has the privilege enough to have a computer and to have internet and to have, you know, arguably, you know, you have electricity and you have a roof over your head or, I mean, we have a lot more than a lot of people around the world. Most of the people around the world. Sure. Um, and then, but over there, they really take care of each other and, you know, they take care of uh, who's around them. They, and, and happiness tends to be more of a priority. And so, you know, again, in, in the West, we tend to have a lot more stuff, but a lot less happiness. Um, and I found that in, when I lived in West Africa for four months as well, um, in Mali, um, out 
sort of near Timbuktu, mm-hmm. uh, which my, my grandmother always used to say, by the way, she's like, if you don't behave, we're going to ship you off to Timbuktu. And so I, up there. <laughs> so like, I actually gave her a call as I was crossing the river into Timbuktu. You know, I was like, Grandma, I'm about to be in Timbuktu. You always said that I'd end up here. You know? so, um, but sort of that, that balance between, you know, happiness and, and what you want, pursuing your dreams and, and what do you think success is. And um, not to, you know, keep sort of going on that track, but, you know, I think a lot of people pursue um, out of trying to get out of an emotion, you know, they pursue success, they pursue goals, they pursue dreams or financial, whatever right. rewards. And, it, and you see that a lot in business, you know, it's like, why are you doing what you're doing? Well, because I want to get ahead. Well, you know, that's usually they're an avoiding, avoiding a feeling of some kind of, yeah, whatever that is, whether it's inadequacy or whether it's shame or whether it's, you know, that they don't feel like enough. And, you know, in myself, I've experienced that, you know, to, to some degree. And actually part of my journey recently um, has been stepping out of the limelight um, and sort of not leading a, a big organization that's, you know, doing transformational work and things like that. Like it's to some degree, it's you want to step into your purpose. And then to some degree, you want to make sure that your purpose isn't about trying to solve some pain in you. And so to me, part of the journey has actually been uh, being willing to be normal, i.e. average, i.e. not notable, you know, not, you know, whatever. And, and so it's been about um, becoming less and less unique and actually more and more sort of bland. But part of that is finding balance and making sure that whatever it is that I do out in the world isn't about me doing it out in the world, that it's almost just some service coming through me and, you know, whether people find it useful or not, you know, I, hopefully they do, but if not, you know, it's, it's more trying to create a, a sense of being a conduit for, for something greater to come through, but yet not be about me or about, you know, anything. I, I like to call that language. the expression of one's personal joy. Now I'm expressing mm-hmm. my joy in a way that feels good for me. that brings me great, great satisfaction. Uh, the mm-hmm. doors, the inv- doors of invitation are always going to be open. I'm going to invite anybody and everybody who wishes to step into that space to participate in that expression of joy with me. But I'm not going to force anybody to door and say, you have to come in here. It's there. It simply is. It's like just, it's an always an open invitation. And I find that that certainly has, has served me well. And every time I've noticed, for instance, like you and Andy, when, when, you do the same thing. You may not necessarily term it in that particular way, but that's exactly the work that you do. You follow your passions. You follow your your intuition. You follow these, you know, you, whatever it is that lights you up. And always the door is open. Say, come along. You know, you're happy. Mm-hmm. Come and play with me. But if, if you don't mm-hmm. want to, that's okay too, because I'm happy playing in this space anyway, no matter what. It takes a little bit of faith to do that too. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes a, a sense of trust. Right? It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Just like letting yourself not think about the clock, you know, and the, the amount of what, whatever time is going by. It's like you have to surrender into the moment. To some degree, you have to surrender into that life will provide for you. If you're really sincere about it and you're doing what's in your power and releasing what's not, I mean, that, that sort of blend of like that space of joy and expectation and openness, like, nobody likes to feel grabbed onto, you know, you can always tell um, whether somebody's going to be successful or not by, by how grabby they are with their clients. Like if they're grabby, they're not going to, you know, but at the same time, they can't like push them away subtly either. 
you know, you have to have this sort of blend of, you know, I really enjoy working with you or, you know, I'd really love to, to find out what we can do together. Here's some of the ideas that I have. What ideas do you have? You know, and it's sort of that like unattached engagement and, and that blend. And I can tell that that's, you know, in the both of you, you have that quality. Um, but it's, it's a funny dance, right? Because the ego <laughs> will try and grab onto something and define, you know, but then at the same time, you can't go the opposite direction either and say, oh, well, then I'm not going to be attached to anything. It's like, it's like you have to be willing to be in that sort of yeah. unknown dance that that's your sincere intention coming through without, without closing in around yeah. it. When it comes yeah. down to it, every, every business is a service. Yep. And if, when, when, yeah. when all people, especially men, are willing to be like heart-centered in their service, that, mm-hmm. that, everything is just can unfold easier. And, and that attraction of people mm-hmm. and people can sense that and feel that even if they don't know that it's spiritual, energetic or whatever, but people just, you know, we've all seen, you know, jobs that I can't imagine having, having and being happy at. I've seen individuals who love it, a guy driving a bus or cleaning the streets or like mm-hmm. I visit lots of third world countries and see people carrying bricks on their head, whistling and happy every single moment of it, it seems. Mm-hmm. Right. And if, you, if you're right. right, you're not avoiding what you're feeling. You're not avoiding the moment that you're in. Yeah. Like, yeah. like everything is really possible. Cool. Yep. 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 I keep finding um, life is about integration of opposites, you know, and the the more that you can, like the brick, the person with the bricks on their head, you know, it's like their lives are so simple. They're not attached to much, you know, but yet they're just making enough money, presumably for that day. You know, uh, Andy, you've probably seen, uh, maybe you both have, um, the stores, the little like three by three tin hut shacks where they literally sell individual cigarettes because people live day to day. They're like, all I can buy is that cigarette, that stick of gum or, you know, a single serving of uh, uh, dish or laundry soap that they're just going to use that soap for that day to clean their clothes for the next day, you know, and then earn their keep for the next day. And um, I think there's something really simple about that. And, you know, um, it's said, I, I forget where it's said, but um, you know, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. You know, it's like, it's really, you go through and it's how much light you can bring to what you're doing. Not that you're supposed to be doing something that has a lot of light associated with it. And so as I'm going more and more towards um, business and the business world, it, you know, my intention, hopefully, hopefully it works, is to bring light to those spaces, to the practicality, to to realize that, you know, you need both. Like you need the physics of, you know, Newton. Let's say you mm-hmm. drop an apple in, you know, you can expect that it's going to hit the floor. Like you need that, right? But then if you only have one of those things, you're missing the sort of magic and wonder of life, which ends up being the quantum physics side. But if you only have the quantum physics side and you can't even figure out where to grab an apple to, you know, nourish your body, which is very physicalized, you know, like you need both. And so I think it's, it's a little bit like being a caretaker, you know, for the life that you're given and for the lives around you. And, you know, the more that you can genuinely, not um, sort of martyr style, but genuinely take care of those around you and take care of yourself and, and to really put your attention on what, what really needs my attention in this moment. And maybe that might be intuition that tells you that. But it's, it's really being open and sensing and, and being willing to feel and being willing to open to 
um, to the input that's that's there, you know, engaging actively. Yeah, because it, it, it is that, that you know, else in business. Like we are spiritual and physical, and until you accept and embrace both, mm-hmm. life is pretty difficult. And we're also we can we can be at home and with friends and family, right. and we can be at work. And if we somehow think we have to be different in those places, again, it, it's, now, it's there are difficult. two words that keep repeating over and over in my head as as mm-hmm. I've been listening and as we've been having this mm-hmm. wonderful conversation. Two words just keep repeating over and over and over again in my head, which is totality and integration. It feels like it boils down to mm-hmm. being aware yeah. of the totality of who yeah. we are and the totality of everything that's available to us and that exists and integrating it into every mm-hmm. part of our lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. And, you know, part of integration is non-judgment and or owning mm-hmm. your judgment, right? Because sometimes when you're in one aspect yep. of you and your life, part of that totality, you'll judge another part. You know, if you're in, uh, if you're feeling really good, you're like, oh, but I don't want to go back to feeling bad. You know, you judge it, right? Or, you know, you're, if you're in a really <laughs> yeah, bad mood, I get that you see time. somebody who's really happy, it's kind of like, <laughs> why are you so happy? You know, <laughs> that sort of, you know, sort of, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and or, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're in one practical part of your life and you're judging that part of you like, oh, I can't take time for spirituality. And sometimes when you yeah. get into, let's say, a meditation, you're like, but I don't want to go back to doing my taxes, you know, or, or whatever. Like, but it's about flowing in between. And part of flowing in between is stripping off. I love that you bring that up also and, because and integrating, like you're saying, that, totality uh, common integration. Theme comes I love up in conversations that I have with not just clients, but oftentimes with myself. And that is source does not judge. Whatever it is that you want to do, source is okay with it. They're not going to judge it. Judgment is a very human thing. It's a very, mm-hmm. it's a, you know, it is, we love, we love labels. We love compartmentalizing. We love mm-hmm. labels. We love, you know, putting things into boxes and, you know, uh, moving them around mm-hmm. and trying to make them all look pretty and so forth. When, when you know, when you really pay attention to, to our intuition and to our connection with source, because we're never separated from it, you start to realize that, yeah, there is no judgment. The source is always okay with whatever direction that we go, whatever mm-hmm. decision that we make. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's not that big of a deal. But yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, what's interesting is is balancing that. I, I, I love that and I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Is balancing that with also taking full responsibility for the results of where it is for what you've created. To some degree, yeah. if you know, you had an angry moment, you have to own, yeah, man, I was coming, mm-hmm. this is where I was coming from. And to sort Absolutely. of self-forgive, but then also acknowledge it within a relationship. And that, that balance between, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, source doesn't judge. Absolutely. There is no judgment there. And can you be non-judgmental of what you create and Absolutely. own when you drive your car into the guardrail of life? You know, like, wow, all right, now I have some work to do and exactly. some repairs to make. And how can you go through that compassionately, you know? Because um, to some degree, it's that tension of, of owning non-judgment and how do you do those two exactly. things together without avoiding right. responsibility or that's or aligning our human experience with and, the and getting really in that sort of the integration tension the symbiosis if you will that symbiotic partnership yeah of go. taking full responsibility integrating it all together nice yeah and know that responsibility doesn't nope. mean blame like yeah. without taking responsibility i can't change anything like it, yeah. it all starts there yeah 
totally. What's really fun is, you know, as we're having this conversation, what the, the one of my professors, he was a, a former um, executive at Starbucks. Um, and he, one of his favorite mm. words is um, juxtaposition. And one of his other favorite words is mm. synthesis. So like seemingly opposite things, yeah. like, and the sort of dynamic tension between those, which we're talking about, and then synthesis, you know, and, and you were, you know, uh, you had talked about, you know, the various things, the various topics, and you just put them all together, right? The ability to create cohesion um, in, uh, yeah. in neuroscience, they actually talk about cognitive dissonance, which means when, when you're not aligned internally, but, but then when you do, it's like everything fits. And how do you make everything fit? And, and I don't think there's an easy answer to that. I think it's uh, an exploration, you know, of, of how am I feeling? How can I strip the judgment off of what I'm feeling, own whatever feelings I'm having, let them sort of transmute and then reintegrate with myself yeah. and then live my life a little bit more whole. Well, we've been going moment. for about so. 45 minutes, so yeah. we might want to wrap this up soon. But, but before we do, David, I want, where, where can people find out more information awesome. about you and connect with you? Um, you know, I have the Enwaken radio show, uh, which is Enwaken. Enwaken is E-N-W-A-K-E-N. Um, so in Waken on iTunes.com, or you can just search in Waken in iTunes. Um, that's one easy way. Um, and then also they can come to the Enwaken website, uh, although we're going to give it a big revamp uh, to sort of be more about the topics that we're talking about here today. Um, so up until now, it's been mostly spirituality-based. And, and that's uh, Enwaken. To, yeah. to both business and spirituality. So, yeah. so still spirituality-based, but now... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, it, but it, well, it's what I was going to say. Everything's spirituality based, so you're, you're, yeah. you're moving into totality now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, but it's not yeah. just this aspect yeah. of life. It's everything. Yeah, coming yeah. up, coming up yeah. on the radio. Yeah, yeah, coming up on a, a coming radio show. I'm interviewing uh, mm -hmm. the CEO of VMware, yeah. and I don't know if you guys have heard of that. It's like a four billion dollar company, um, and and he's going to be talking about. Um, the integration, uh, like work-life balance, and how to integrate your um, spiritual cool. side along with business as well. So, um, if, you know, that's a that's yeah, a hot topic, I think, in the universe. Yeah, awesome, so awesome. You guys are and, picking uh, well. We'll be back yeah. next week, yeah. uh, live on the twenty-first at our normal time at five p.m. Eastern. We're going to be talking about living heroically. Um, until then, you can find out more about us and the, this whole Real Men Field movement at realmenfield.org. We also have Real Men Feel can be found in iTunes and on SoundCloud. And we have the Real Men Feel group in Facebook. Um, any parting words this week, Apio? <laughs> Other than embrace everything. Embrace everything. Take responsibility for everything. And just live in the moment. Love life. And have fun. Have fun. Have fun. Have fun. I cannot emphasize that enough. Cool. <laughs> Awesome. Guys, thanks for, uh, thanks for hosting this show. I think uh, you guys are doing a great service in the world, and, and thanks for uh, – I really had fun tonight, so thanks for sharing your energy, and I hope a lot of people got, got uh, good stuff out of this conversation and hopefully sure more do. with you guys. And I uh, will, and uh, we're glad to have you back, and thanks, thanks for joining so us today. All right. Take care, All everyone. Right. You bet. Yep. Thanks. <laughs>